0: but i still feel like we are not at the table when we're talking about menopause do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think that's probably it's perhaps it's less to do with davina and it's more to do with conversation and we're still being ignored and that's the thing that really fucks me off to be honest putting it bluntly
1: Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast, a childless community podcast with Berenice Smith, Sarah Lawrence, and me, Michael Hughes. And if this is your first time here, our podcast delves into the many facets that make up the childless identity, as well as what is going on in the wider childless community. And our hope is that with all our special guests, we can help you craft your own narrative and what it means to be part of our community. And we also aim to educate those not in our community who can begin to understand and support those in their lives who may be facing a life without children. Now this episode, with our dear friend Anastasia McDonald, we delve into menopause from a child's perspective. Now so I don't spoil this much needed and enlightening conversation, let's just dive straight in.
2: Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Because we try to ask people to introduce themselves in their own words in case we kind of like get it wrong. But I've known you for a number of years now,
3: haven't I, actually? Yeah. Yeah, right. Because you did my logo mm. for the little business. And then we met up um, in Bisni- Bindi's meditation class too.
2: Yes, Bindi Shah. The- yes, And her magnificent meditation. I was speaking to her on
3: Friday, actually. Um, So I'm Anastasia. I live in Columbia, Maryland, on the east coast of the U.S. Um, I am childless by circumstance. I realized I would be childless early in 2014 and grieved some then, although it wasn't really until 2018 that I dove in and sort of got into the grief and started excavating it and looking at it and starting to more deliberately heal. Um, and that's the end of 2017 is when I found Gateway Women. I did the online bee with Jody. It was game-changing, life-changing, wonderful. Um yeah. And I'm sort of, I've, I feel like in those, in these last four plus years, I've sort of been part of the childless community in different ways, keeps evolving, as we all do. Um, and now these days, I feel sort of like a, a member at large, just plugging into different aspects and speaking up here and there and staying quiet in other realms interesting isn't it how it
0: changes how we connect with the uh, community as we sort of go through our own oh god don't you hate it when you say journey but it kind of is isn't it so in terms of how, how you're connecting with the community how how are you connecting at the moment because i know you have sort of changed the sort of way that you turn up haven't you
3: yes i'm um i'm on lighthouse women um i'm the host for our local group host with a a and semi-official co-host uh for our local gatherings here and it does seem like that's in a new phase of growth perhaps the local group which is funny energy builds on energy it's now feeling easier to host that because we're getting new interest um So some, somewhat in Lighthouse Women on the, the whole of the platform. Um, and then on Instagram, I've been very deliberate that Facebook is for all realms of life and Instagram is 95% only for childless community. Um, yeah. And I listen to a few special podcasts. Um, and... And try to be brave and have small conversations that feel doable and which is not necessarily community building, but practice building my voice and and small sort of real life ways.
2: Is there a sense of liberation about that, do you think?
3: Yeah, even. Even when it's a conversation that's easy, even when it's just a slipping in the tiniest thing and it's well-received, I'm always very proud of myself. And I always, um, report back to at least one of my online bee friends that I, I spoke up for me. I spoke up for us. Yeah, Yeah. And every time makes all the future times easier for sure.
2: Amazing, because I can I can see it in your face. Obviously, we don't share the video, so the listeners won't know that. But having known you for a number of years now, I can see it in your face. And it's just a lovely, a lovely thing to witness. So, yeah, good on you. It's just that little, just a small small word here and there. And it and it does, it's the energy. As you said, it's feeding off the energy of others. And I think those meetups as well are so powerful. We share our stories together and it creates strength. Even if we don't realize that we're saying things and doing things, Um, just small little words and just dropping things in here. They can be very small little nuggets of
3: change. And I think there's something, I feel like i learned this at some point in the online bee that, There's something about really doing those little nuggets with no expectations. You know, you hope you're going to get a a thoughtful response or at least a, you know, seed falling on good ground kind of response. And sometimes you don't. sometimes people just say, what would you say? Because they're not expecting the phrase, child is not by choice. Um, but yeah, I figure it's it's planting seeds and and speaking up speaking up tiny counts.
0: Oh, it, I think it all counts, doesn't it? Even even just showing up, really. You know, even as a, a, a childless woman, showing up in life is a big deal, isn't it? I think even if we're not sort of saying, I just happen to be, uh, you know, childless, not by choice or childless by circumstance it's just showing up isn't it I think it's kind of as you rightly say just the little things means that we actually make space for us and I think that's really starting to become increasingly
2: important I love that expectation as well no expectations one of the things I sort of think about is that often the responses that we get says more about the other person than us and I think keeping that in mind and thinking well I've got not nothing to lose because we do have something to lose we often give pieces of ourselves away when we don't necessarily want to ne- really want to talk about it um i was reminded actually this morning there was a conversation on twitter about um with ali hall who's does the child free by choice so it's slightly different narrative to us of course um but actually, there's quite a lot in common. And she was saying about how we're all entitled to flexi time and to part time work. You know, you're allowed, you're allowed to ask. You don't have to just have children to do that. You can go off and do a side hustle. You can do something else. And I happened to mention in a conversation that Sarah, you and I had done that over the past. And um, and I said, it just reminds me of a conversation I had with somebody who who said to me, well, how are your children? And I said to, and, and again, it's giving away part of yourself, but I said, to, sadly, I don't have any children. Just not why I'm part-time. And she said to me, she said, yes, you do. <laughs> I said, what? what? the hell are you on? I think I would probably know if I had children. But I think it was so ingrained in her, somehow, this weird thing because she was a parent and she was part-time, that actually that was the only way you could be part-time. And again, it's a conversation where it shows, yes, you can give something of yourself or you can say, no, you yeah, know, I'm not part-time for that reason. And I look, no, that says everything I need to know about you. And I actually feel quite quite sad for you. Really, I do, because you're not going to get far in life with that kind of attitude. The bias was just incredible.
3: Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as much as it... Um, I'm increasingly aware that when each of us speaks up, even in those small ways, it's we're speaking up for ourselves but increasingly, I'm aware that I am speaking up for all of us, that it's it's going to be good for the whole in ways that I may never know. Um, I, one of the podcasts I listen to is New Legacy Institute, and she is just inspiring me over and over and over that it's... Yes, there's these, these personal healings and personal evolutions that we're each making our way through and it does seem like there's this social political wave of us that's that's coming.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That that makes me brave too.
2: And you think 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Hey nothing. No, really. And actually what Michael's doing with with um building up the male voice as well is incredibly important too. Um I had some really exciting conversations in the last couple of weeks about that and there's yeah there's a couple of really cool things going on around that too and they all actually come off an awful lot of the work that you're doing Michael in giving people voices and giving men voices it was one of those things where you the weird thing about you know ranting on about International Women's Day but actually one of the things that's never covered on International Men's Day is childless men and that needs to change too. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I that 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 sense of there's this growing political social mm. voice that we're 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 gathering. I really I, I really feel the same. You, I look back to when I found out I c- couldn't have children. It's roughly the same time as you, Anastasia, and it's kind of there was nothing. I remember doing this this desperate Google search, and there was nothing. But I reckon you know you Google now clearly we've got we've got a bit of a terminology thing going on as well we know we know who we are we have a you know dare I say a label but we we now know we have an identity don't we we have this identity and we know who we are Anastasia sorry (laughs) but it's um it's really I think you're right it's this growing voice and I think we are starting to turn up in more and more varied conversations you know, we, we're talking about menopause today. And I I, I said earlier, before we start recording, I kind of feel like we haven't really got a place at the table yet. But it is a yet, isn't it?
3: What's, what do you mean when you say that? What, what makes you say we don't have a place at that table? Well, I see a lot of conversations going on.
0: um, And it kind of feels so there's lots of conversations in terms of women that have had children. And so it's, it's, part of that evolution of a woman going from being able to have children to not but for those of us that have not been able to have children we're not part doesn't strike me with a part of the narrative yet because I feel personally I've had a very different experience of my menopause as opposed to friends who have had children it feels you know I look at the way that they're reacting to their menopause and it's kind of almost like a sudden oh my god I can't have children whereas I've known for a while I've not been able to have children. And so there is this difference and there isn't really much acknowledgement that my experience
2: is different to theirs. That came up actually, I think, on the Instagram as well. One of the comments that we had, and I'm just going to go and find it, um, if you bear with me for a moment, because I should have had this all to hand before we started. I'm also aware my clicks are being heard probably as well. Where are we? Okay, gosh, quite a few comments. So one of them that we had was um, from somebody who said that they feel um, angry sometimes that my body let me down in not being able to have a child. And now it's going through the menopause, hitting me with all these shitty symptoms that are deliberating at times. But I get upset, so upset when people who've had kids say, I'm glad to be going through this now because I've hardly noticed any change. Hmm. It's, and I think Jodie Day, I'm sure it's Jodie, has said that it's it's the menopause, not the mother pause.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And it feels like one of those again like international women's day it feels like it's been something that's been taken over by the majority and and in a way that happens that's society at large on lots of different themes um but universally it affects women at different times of their lives but it affects all women um medically I believe that to be the case again not kind of saying that you know I I know all the answers to those things but yes it's it feels like it that the shift needs to come And, and one of the interesting things I've noticed is that that there is this talk now I found in over here I don't know if you've seen it Sarah but companies talking a little bit more on LinkedIn for example about menstrual leave about how periods are affecting the workplace and I don't know if that's global but it appears to be a tentative thing it's not you're shaking it okay yeah and that's 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 a real kind of like it's it's odd that it's happening in this country but I suppose maybe perhaps there is a push with that coming from the pandemic I think a lot of women have been away from the workplace I I can speak for myself personally in that that actually I since IVF and that failure of that my periods worse absolutely worse I'm more in touch with my hormones and I think during lockdowns I became increasingly more in touch with my hormones and I was aware that at least and I hadn't thought about it because I used to share a flat with somebody and I love it a bit but for four days of every month she would not talk to me and I had no idea why I thought I'd done something wrong because I was sailing through here's some bias for you my own bias I sailed through them all my you know I was fine I was right, you know. It was like an inconvenience. I take some, you know, painkillers and carry on. I didn't have that hormonal hormonal roller coaster until after I've been through the through IVF, and then I realised possibly because I think the term that's used is medical menopause. Again, someone might want to correct me on that, but that's the term I heard used. Is because the way that the drugs work, you go into a false menopausal state, and since that point, I've been terrified of the menopause because if it's like that, then God, God knows, but Again, it's medicine, medical isn't necessarily the same as natural. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of aware that this conversation is now happening around menstrual leave and women saying, actually, I, I want to work from home. I don't want to come in because actually, I cannot manage. I've realised that me standing around doing a shift or whatever I'm doing when i am going through this is painful and that maybe is off the back of the conversations that we're having more awareness about the menopause which i'm i'm kind of hopeful um slightly hopeful that maybe that maybe encourages perhaps childlessness as a conversation too. maybe there's a thin liminal space where we can get in and say hi us too because an awful lot of our community have already been through the menopause early on been there um much much earlier than they should have done had we have all fitted into what society believes is a a normal woman, and what we're probably finding out now is that actually we are we're not. We're yeah. all much more than that, aren't we? There are way more seats at the table. Sorry, I rattled on. I was on a mini rant there. <laughs> 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 Stop now. But you know, it's it is this kind of thing, isn't it? Where you have this sort of thing that happens to all women, and yet somehow, how does it happen? that it all starts to be divided into little bits, and my piece of the pie is bigger than your piece of the pie. Actually, if we all just sit together and have a conversation about it, we'd all realise that actually it happens to all of us. Anyway, I'm going to start ranting now. I get really cross about that.
3: Yeah, I don't... feel like my experience is different from what you and Sarah are describing. I I don't take in a lot of mainstream media. um, And... The the places, the resources I've gone to for menopause information, um, I'm realizing are actually sort of parenthood status neutral or deliberately inclusive. And I haven't felt that mother-not-mother mother distinction among my friends. Um mostly everyone seems glad simply to have a an empathetic person who's gone through some is going through some version of it um I don't know it it that sort of splitting splitting into groups version of it might be in the the mainstream magazines um but honestly I feel like I haven't encountered it it hasn't smacked me in the face like that
2: that's a really positive thing mm-hmm. actually because perhaps it's pockets where perhaps people's small pockets and maybe not larger pockets where perhaps there needs to be just a small conversation to say this and actually there are examples out there where it is more inclusive than perhaps some of the areas that we've encountered, which is a good thing. I think that's positive. It doesn't feel perhaps like the enormous perhaps bias that that perhaps maybe the areas that we've encountered and some of our listeners have encountered feel. And it'd be interesting to see what the response is to that. I think when we put the episode out as to whether there is perhaps bias in different countries, different industries even. I mean, I'm thinking from the workplace, as much as anything as some of the conversations with Katie uh missed and about that type of whether you're you know, what it's like in this country working with childless infertility miscarriage and all those areas and some of the workshops that she's done and the one that we carried out together um way back in November and whether there are just pockets certain industries even that have a more bias perhaps than others as well but yeah it would be interesting to see what listeners responses are if anyone has any Mm -hmm. thoughts on that then please let us know in the comments on the website or online as well or drop us an email be really curious to see how that is but it feels like there's something a bit more hopeful which is a good thing isn't it michael you've got your hand up
1: yeah i'm I'm obviously very aware that I'm a bit of a fish out of water on this episode. (laughs) Um, So I'm taking it as a, as a education for me. So on behalf of um, all those curious men that want to understand this, I want to take us back a little bit. um, And I'm going to say this wrong. Anastasia. Mm -hmm. Did it, did it, oh, thank you, because I've got in trouble by a couple of other people for saying their names wrong. But anyway, you
3: also have to story.
2: say Berenice quite a lot too. So yeah, it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when when you said you're 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 finding, um, I'll use my words, you're finding the vocabulary to use to express to explain um, how you, you, our our situation. You know, your. You, the way that you're living through um, childlessness. I, I really resonate with that because one of the things I've found through all the things that I do is that I'm now I'm doing the same. I never realised it, but I'm actually doing the same. So with that in mind, I have a point. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that with this episode. As I said it's an education. So I'm gonna take you back basically And I'd really love to hear either your experience, if you wish to share your experiences or your thoughts, or what does menopause mean for you? Obviously, um, I've had this conversation with Vicky, um, but uh, I need need more. And I'm sure there's other curious people out there would want to understand this more. So, yeah, sorry to drag you back a bit, but... Yeah, I'd really love to hear what you three lovely ladies have to say about that.
0: Well, I'll go first if you like. I mean, so for me, um I've I've had a taste of really extreme menopause after my hysterectomy. because um, mm. your 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 ovaries basically go to sleep. They go into shock. And you know, then they have to it's it's basically luck of the draw whether they decide to switch back on or not. So my experience after my hysterectomy was waking up absolutely smothered in sweat so much so that I thought I'd wet myself I thought I'd lost um control of my bladder and the um the roller coaster of the emotions so I remember I mean, I was I was quite emotional anyway because my hysterectomy brought up all of my childlessness again and there was a nurse there and I don't usually use names but she was the biggest bitch i've ever come across who's in a caring role and i had to have um, injections in my stomach for um, uh, blood clots because obviously you can't move and she came in one night and it was about the fourth third third night and my stomach was very swollen i was sweating i was all over the place you know i was getting triggered all over the place and she came in and jabbed me with this needle and i got really upset and she basically walked out as though i shouldn't have been upset and i thought you okay, know, pardon my language, but if this is what it's going to be like, I really don't want anything to do with it. And my experience so far of the menopause is it's a lot more gentle than that. It's like a slow, slow switch rather than a like that. But what I have found is that actually you kind of have to accept that your body's just going to do some weird and wonderful things. I can I can be talking mid sentence. I can suddenly forget <laughs> what the hell I was talking about. Or or why I walked into a room, or you know, all of those things. I I sat there yesterday. It's, it's going to sound like random. I sat and watched The Lost Boys. Haven't watched it for years. Love it. And I I, I was look I was searching for it, and I couldn't remember the film that I was searching for. That's kind of it. Just does it, and you just have to kind of. I think for me, it's a growing acceptance of not being the woman that I was before, but it's also the growing realization that actually. My childlessness is mixed up in that. And I no longer want to have a, a biological child from this body, but I still mourn the loss of the opportunity. And I think that's kind of putting it in a more articulate way. That's kind of, for me, the difference between those that have had children and those that haven't. It's that the grief is different, if that makes sense. But for me, the, the my body is changing, and I, I, I've got to admit, I don't like it. I'm really struggling with it. I don't know how you you two feel.
3: I think i um without hating on my body as I sort of got into my late forties, having my period was such an annoyance and sort of lowercase o offense, you know, that 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 part of my body hadn't done what it was meant to do. So why did I have to keep having this monthly not fun? Um, And I sort of figured, just be done with it. So there was a certain, not exactly looking forward to it, but looking forward to menopause. Um, and sort of finishing up that chapter. And I have wondered, I still wonder if there will be another big wave of grief. Because there hasn't been. With I, I sort of, I think because I have known for so long that the fertility window was closed. And because it's now been these four plus years that I've really been chewing on all the issues and working to heal the grief. The idea of my own fertility is so historical now, so far in the past that this ending hasn't felt um hasn't felt like an end of that. It has sort of felt more like a thing of its own, a, a next phase, a next chapter, all these weird new things. Um, and it's not been easy. Um, in the, not even so much in the childless related things, but um, it. It got me with some real psycho-emotional, weird, not fun stuff. It Last summer felt like a one long seasonal affective disorder episode, which does not happen in the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and, and as you said, I kind of, well, in part, I realize you have to roll with it. And find humor in it and find people that you can make jokes about night sweats with. Um, and eventually I um, I did talk to my doctor and I now am on this marvelous estrogen by patch, which is bringing me back to myself. Um, and in the mix of all that, I think... I I had hope, I had this thread of hope throughout because I know women personally, I know women in the childless community and other communities in things I've read who are through to the other side and say, it's really fabulous over here. It's imperfect, it can be rough getting here, but get here, It's, it's not a return to who you were, but it's more than just an ease of all those maddening symptoms. there's there's some new version of you that's over here, and you know, I feel like I've been getting glimmers of her for a while, and you know, I have long said since, since my online B year, I have said that I can imagine that older sassy childless crone that I'm aiming for. And I could not imagine the, the smack in the middle midlife childless woman. I didn't know what she looked like. I didn't quite know who she was. And so there's I was going to say there's sweetness, but there's even excitement about getting getting closer to that one that I can envision.
2: Yeah, she brought tears to my eyes there, actually. That, I can't imagine the childless woman in between. Yeah, I, I, I resonate with that, Anastasia. I, I feel that somewhere, too. I my feelings about the menopause are actually that for the past since the podcast began and I think we knew that at some point we would have to talk about the menopause was fear for me absolute fear and still is to a point although I'm much reassured by the conversations that I have had and slowly slowly sort of tentatively looking um and I I bought a book about two years ago, um, a year ago, two years ago, and it's The Men's Guide to the Menopause. And I handed it to my other half. And I hope this doesn't feel exclusionary to anyone who is not partnered, um, but it's part of my story because it sort of shows the level of denial that I have. It was like, there you go, you read it and then you tell me the highlights because I don't want to know. <laughs> and then, you know, I can sort of let myself off with bad behaviour, so it's the menopause. Um, at least he would know, because I didn't really feel like I wanted to, to to engage with it. My experiences of it are that I, as I've said already about medically induced menopause, so um, during IVF, I had different types of drug treatments. And the first few cycles where they had to do egg collection, I reacted very badly to the medication. I had ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. I was an emotional wreck. We, I remember being in Cornwall once and there is a pub in Cornwall that I will never ever return to because I just sat there for the entire duration in bits and absolute tears because they came in that some people came in and they were doing singing you know if you've seen fishermen's friends you know what i'm talking about and they're probably taxi drivers whatever i don't know anyway i could not control any emotion whatsoever and i just cried and i cried and i cried all the way through the whole thing and i remember sleeping in the spare room of the house that we were in because i felt so ill so hot, so miserable, everything. And it's all induced by by medication and that's a very different experience. So that gave me a fear of this. And since I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be a mother and, and again, the grieving process and that wave of grief, again, I can identify with what you're talking about there it's kind of am I expecting something else to happen because I have grieved the fact I'm not going to be a mother I know that and when I look at the world around us and the planet I think mm, maybe I'd have twice as many more worries as I do now but it doesn't mean I don't mourn that loss and the opportunity as you said Sarah is the opportunity to be a mother but I sometimes think I've got the state of things but I think there is going to be a mourning period for 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 who I've become now, not who I was before. My childless and my my trying to be a mother long past Even though occasionally I've had things where I've thought, oh, maybe there's a and I think, oh hang on, no, 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 we've done that, but it's occasionally just pops up. Or oh, maybe there's a way. Now, hang on, stop it. Don't try and fix yourself, live with and breathe through that and come to terms with it. And, and Bindi, we mentioned Bindi briefly before, but Bindi Shah's meditation has been a huge part of that healing process for me. And knowing Bindi too, and the people, the women within that group, it's absolutely incredible to share those stories. But I think there's more grief to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm trying to do as prep work as Michael and Sarah will tell you i i do prep work i like <laughs> i kind of like here's the thing coming over the hill and i'm going to be prepared for it and you can't and that i think is the worrisome thing you know i'm i'm lifting kettlebells like <laughs> i just love my kettlebells it's like some kind of weird kind of thing where i hate them but love them um i seem to be regressing to sort of wearing going back to my sort of goth roots from a teenager i feel like i'm going through some kind of like identity thing at the moment And and again, with my diet and things like that, you know, I posted on Instagram last night about, you know, being vegan isn't boring. I'm not vegan, but I'm predominantly plant based now and trying probably actually now I think about it. I'm trying to prepare for something I cannot really prepare for because I have no idea how it's going to hit me. I don't know if it will be like that time in Cornwall and I don't know whether it's going to be something more gentle. And I suspect having spoken to Sarah about this before um and in this conversation I think it is going to be more gentle it's a case of just having to accept it but I'm quite prepared for grief and I find it difficult to talk about mm. really do I can feel it in my voice and I can feel I'm reacting to it you know I feel like so I, yeah it and I think adding on the childlessness makes it a very different experience because there is that extra level, I think, perhaps for some of our listeners. And I can identify with that too, that there is still a mourning period for the fact that actually that is it. And again, that's come up on our feedback too, is that actually you have this thing of that's perhaps not recognised by others. Is Well, actually, no, it is. I think I think for women who've had children... I don't want to bring them into the conversation too much because that's not what it's about. And there's enough conversation about that. But there is that, okay, that's that, it's that finality, that is over. Um, you know, it's 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 hard. I I I I'm all over the place with it. Some days I'm thinking yeah, looking forward to the fact that I don't have to go through this monthly reminder. But at the same time I think, oh thank God, right, um I've you yeah, know I have a monthly reminder. It's fine. It's great. Um, I haven't yet got to perimenopause, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: which is kind of also weird at my age, because actually I was told 10 years ago, oh, you you know, it's all scrambled now. That's it. You know, you're going to, you know, the menopause is going to hit you very soon by the clinic, by the IVF clinic. And actually it hasn't. And then I can't think, well, would I I have had another opportunity? Would there have been another cycle in there? I could have had Mm then? So, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a a fuck up in my head. And I'm sure that's true of many. Um, And I hope that anything I've mentioned hasn't been too um, triggering for people. But that's my kind of honest account of where I am right now. And it's hard, really difficult. I love that. I
0: mean, you've made me feel a little bit normal because I find—I <laughs> don't know about you—tell me if I—I made you feel normal. <laughs> but How the hell, either that—that that bit, Anastasia, where you sort of said, "There's this other woman that is beyond this," let's call it what it is, shit show, and I'm looking forward to being her. And I—I I go through phases of—I think I see her as well but then i also got a very teenage side so you know some days i'll be like no fuck you all <laughs> i don't i don't want to abide by your rules i'm going to wear something that's really age inappropriate and you know just it's almost like there's this internal battle going on in terms of i'm going to be this woman i'm now wrestling with the fact that i've got to leave behind this younger version of me and there's all sorts of shit comes up you know some days i'm wearing Clothes that I just think, well, that's a bit odd. Why? Why do I fancy wearing a? I don't know. You know, a very tight. <laughs> I've got this really tight um band T-shirt that I like to wear on a slim day. Because this is the other thing as well. This is the thing that really fucks me off. Is sometimes my body will be the size that I think it should be, and then other days it'll just go. Oh, by the way, it's just <laughs> going to be two sizes bigger today just for shits and giggles and you're like there's no accounting for it you know the the belly does what the belly does but it's it's that that's the bit I think I'm really struggling with is the kind of who I turn up on as on the day whether I'm in a good mood a bad mood a hormonal mood because I still get them or whether I'm going to be the size I think I should be or the size that my belly thinks I should be on any given day and the 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 effects as well you know when they sort of when people do talk about menopause, they sort of sort of say, oh, well, you know, you might have, you know, your periods might turn up differently or you might have uh, a bit of a bad mood. But nobody tells you that your stomach, your, you know, IBS, I don't know if either of you get that. I get really bad IBS symptoms for mm. no, no apparent reason. And there's no accounting for it. I can eat the same thing every day. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, hello, IBS. So it, it's that sort of thing I think that that really winds me up. You just don't know whether you're coming or going. Is that just me?
3: <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. Thank you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I had the insight recently that um i have I've been living from the story that I still have this longing to hermit because it's sort of a post-pandemic thing, not quite ready to go out in the world. And recently, sort of thanks to one of the menopause podcasts I listened to, I had the insight that, well, that might be a little bit pandemic ripple effect, but maybe it's largely just this menopause longing to be quiet and to avoid and, um, but that also like you're saying it, it comes and goes there are days when I'm ready and happy to be out in the world um, and other days where I, I want to wear the clothing that makes me happy that day which maybe I wouldn't wear out in the world and I just want to be home and and that was a new idea, really, in the last week. And I'm trying to give it space to say, "Yeah, this is a time of of shit show and joy and excitement, and what the heck is going on?" And to just find ways to slow it all down, you know, to slow down the, slow down what I can slow down in terms of you know, what's on the calendar, what's expected of me. Um, that one of the, the podcasts I love for menopause stuff is the Menstruality Podcast, which is put out by Red School. And so two women who are the primary sort of teachers on there about menopause has written a book recently, which I haven't, written, I haven't read yet. Um, but they in one episode, they talked about the word snudge which they said is a real word, but it's an old word and it's fallen out of use, but we should definitely bring it back. It means to to get by doing the very least possible. And they just say, this is how to survive your menopause transition. Um, it's about self-care too, right? It's about learning our own truest deepest self-care um and so i thought that that whole concept of snudge is just brilliant because right whatever your experience is where you're doing this thing that feels like wise woman teenager flipping or whether grief is smashing you down that day that week um how can we each find ways to Snudge our way out of life better through life a little bit. I love snudge.
2: What brilliant yeah. Snudge. I it reminds me of the thing on Twitter that occasionally you see and on Instagram where calling cards um from like past years. I think I think I'm sure it's Nancy Mitford, who had one that just says, No, I decline to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Resurrect calling cards. And you know, the right to say no. I think that's come, you know, that that has been kind of one of those things that I think's come from the from the pandemic is that actually, you know, our levels of tolerance, I think, have changed. I I I tend to go on the 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 line of if it's not useful or beautiful, badly paraphrasing um William Morris. Um, but yeah, if it's not useful or beautiful, then why? Mm-hmm. I think that kind of tend to fool my life around that. But snudge is great. Yeah, we can bring that back. And thank you for the recommendation as well. That was one of the things that came up on um, Instagram is um, from one of our followers just saying, are there support groups available for childless and menopause? I've searched and could only find support groups for those going through IVF, um, which is not an option for me, and that they entered the menopause at age 35 and so many questions around options to help with brain fog, low libido, etc. I'm on HRT now, but still confused as to what that might mean for my future health, increased risk of breast cancer, or osteoporosis, dementia, depression.
0: I've got to be I can't
2: answer that really, but actually if people do have any support groups around Childless and menopause. I haven't found any. I had to specifically for childless and menopause. I would think that there are probably some good conversations to be had in groups like Lighthouse Women, mm. and of course there are within your network as well. Sarah, I think counselors and coaches who are probably around that. And Sarah Roberts has also put in so the empty cradle um, as reply to say living it now, intense, incredibly powerful experience. Harnessing it to go deeper, not easy, but worth it with you if it's hard. I think trying if you can, you feel comfortable having a conversation with people within our community, if you don't want to talk about it at large with others, is probably a good way to start to get some form of um support in place. I think with lots of these things, we have to create it ourselves. Yeah. Um and that's tough to do. As we know, um, all of us sitting here today, it's tough to start a conversation. It's tough to start something that's a support network. But I think that's where to go If that would be my advice on it. And hopefully, perhaps, hopefully this episode might lead to something too. Um, perhaps there's something we can do and support people within our community if somebody's willing to say, OK, I can start something up, then we'll do, give you all the help we can um, from our network to make that happen for you too, as I'm sure others will too. One thing that I have learnt about our community is that we are very loyal and supportive of each other's endeavours. Definitely.
0: It, it will it would be good to start saying I think there's so much healing. It but today's conversation has been a bit like, is this is this right? Is this is everybody else experienced this? You know, it's you just don't know what is <laughs> within the realms of I, I hate the word, but what's in the realms of what is normal you know what's supposed to be happening or how people are experiencing it we don't really talk about it and it would be good to have start a conversation so that we can kind of normalize it a little bit for our 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 experience not just across womanhood absolutely
2: yeah I just kind of popped into my head then actually one person who does talk a lot about this in terms of childlessness is Stella Duffy Stella Duffy I couldn't remember her name so yeah, look up Stella, um, she follows the podcast and of course was on a previous episode too and there's an awful lot of conversations that she's having around that too and I I, I think drawing on perhaps some of the people who are in that space, Jodie of course has her projects as well around um, crone and around ageing, again another area perhaps to look at too. I think if you think about say 10 years ago and the people that we knew then who were starting to do things and of course are all aging so I think as we all age from when we first began when we were like oh my god you know this childlessness is is, is upon us mm-hmm. we're all aging and starting to talk a little more about it and from that I think there would be more coming it's a case of just sort of us all getting to the point where we've got to the point where we've had the menopause to go through and say it's like this and she said Anastasia it's people saying to you it's okay over this side and it's getting to that side and finding those people in that community too which um, is a really hopeful thing to hear from you thank you I feel so much more hopeful having having listened to you thank you. (laughs) Michael you've got your hand up.
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I thought I was going to be absolutely silent in this episode, to be quite honest. But um, <laughs> so, listening to the three of you, um, I just want to, I was well, probably just, it's just something, an observation I have that I've got two things I want to say. The first one is that this observation where I've sort of come to a, in my own uh, experience, uh, rather than say journey, in my own experience, it's around, uh, transitions so I'm listening to you three ladies and 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 um part of this is obviously a transition transition from from one self to another and I sometimes think that for myself you know I got to fifty and I went what well, did that happen what happened what happened there it's like wow bang fifty and it was like for the first time i, I I had to do a transition. Now, of course, I'm not saying that it's actually. I'm just realising that um, other members of our community might not, um, might get upset with the word transition, but there's the best I can do. Um, and so, I, I, I sort of had this this thought that that because my my path wasn't the same as most men, I've never had to have that transition. So let's say I I was a teenager, then then I I met someone, uh, I became a partner. That's where it ended. Whereas everyone else has a number of transitions through their life. And so are they more resilient to transition? I don't know. It's just what's the thought in my head. And for us, is it, bam, here it is, transition time. And so like, we whoa, whoa, what i I got to do? Hang on. Uh, and, of course, depending on how you made up it, you know, the sky could be falling in and others handle it really well. But it's we haven't, maybe we haven't built up that resilience that others have. Yeah, don't know where I'm going with that, but it's just a thought. Uh, <laughs> the second thing is that what is what is it? That you would like me to know about this? Is it, it so could you, um think of me as just other men. What would you want other men to to know or understand? So give me something to take away.
2: I would like to just say notice. Okay. because actually when you think about it for me uh, one of the fears I have is that I feel like right now I'm in the best shape I've been for, for years years and years and years mentally physically I'm doing okay and when you get to that point society this is not well men at men, men society everybody really is that actually you know when you get to the point where you've had menopause and you start to get the gray hairs and you start to age and you become just for me, it's being an invisible person. I become invisible at that point to to men society when actually I have a lot to offer, and that ageism comes in. I'm already grief the, grieving the fact that actually I can't be a mother, which is a loss of fertility, which is the thing that society and men go, oh, mother kind of thing, and you you know that sort of that whole kind of sexuality of being a mother. Then you go through the bit where you're kind of like, oh yeah yeah you yeah, you're yeah, 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 old. <laughs> and you kind of and actually for me it's like I always envisage myself as having this house where people come in and go when I'd be kind of some kind of like font of wisdom and maybe the podcast is a bit like that but it's not really it's the physicality of having a a role in society of being some kind of matriarch of some description like Mm -hmm. my grandmother was and my grandmother was and I am not because then you're not noticed in that way so it's the fact that acknowledging that actually I think that, that that women who are older have so much still to give, so much life experience, so much mentoring, just universally. We have a lot to offer beyond, I think, perhaps what media society think we have lost somewhere along the line you know okay you're no longer fertile well I haven't been that for ages so you know <laughs> but it's again it, it's that thing I think that's what I kind of want to say there was something else in my head about what you said before but I'm gonna have to come oh resilience I'll come back to that I have a th- a thought of it about resilience but I'm not sure that I've shaped it but yeah
3: okay. yeah Michael, I would say that it's okay to talk about menopause or to ask about it. If I'm your friend or maybe even your colleague, I think maybe you wait for me to make some comment about it, some little share, but it's okay and even welcome for you to acknowledge it and ask into my experience of it a little bit. Um, You know, as Gen X are the ones that are going to talk about it, right? We're finding our voice around it in our way that the generation before us didn't. And the men of Gen X are Gen X also. so please be with us, you know, please. Right. It's, it's funny. You are fish out of water. You're one out of three here. You're the one who's not living in a body doing this. Um, but, but it's still your experience somehow, right? It's indirectly your, your cohort is going through this. Um, so let's make it a a team effort to make it speakable and, talk-aboutable. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess your question makes me say I would not only invite you to join in the conversation about menopause, but I would ask you to join us. Whatever that, you know, and and I think that mostly is curiosity. Mm. Overt curiosity.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's... um... Yeah, uh, that, and yeah, I'm I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this, but I I do I agree yeah, what you said really resonates with me. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. And next time I'm travelling down south down the ninety five, we might have that conversation one day. Because I did still, as you as the other girls will probably know, I once once you said where you lived, I was straight onto the map going, yeah, oh yeah, I know where that is. I've been past there in about two thousand and five. Okay
3: start by anytime
1: Sarah
0: um I think it's difficult um what I notice is that my friends and obviously my partner it uh, it can be a bit difficult because as I say one day I can turn up as a teenager and another day I can be <laughs> I I you know I can be feeling pretty shit and not wanting to really engage but I think what I've found as I sort of, as I go through this is actually I've become a lot of a, a more, a more strong, a stronger woman. My opinions and my voice have become more. And I, I don't know. And I can only speak for the men that are in my, you know, in my um, orbit. I've had friends that I've been friends with for many, many years and I have changed and I've, my experience is that men can find women with an opinion and with a voice quite scary and a bit intimidating and not sure what to do with it I'm still the same person I just I just don't try and hide it as much as I used to I used to go very quiet you know if if I didn't agree with something or I had something to say I would tend to you know I won't say it because I don't want to offend but now as I've got older I, I speak I speak my truth and I think my experience has been that men don't quite know what to do with us women when we find our voices which we tend to do when we go through this I think you know the the number of fucks we have left to give kind of diminishes very quickly and I think for guys that can be a bit a bit difficult but what I would say is I'm still a woman I'm still still the same person that my friends have known for years but I will speak my truth and I guess I would like them to be feel confident around me they can actually go hang on a minute Sarah actually I don't agree with you and you know push back and I kind of miss that when I was younger there was a bit more fun and people like you know there was a bit more backwards and forwards and I I wonder sometimes if men kind of want to back off women because they don't know how to deal with us when we go through this and I would like to say guys just be you you know we're not expecting you to be pushovers we don't want that i personally don't want that i want my friends male friends in particular to have an opinion whether that's about menopause whether that's about politics whatever but i would love for blokes to be able to feel that they can be strong around a strong woman
3: yeah
2: i think it's that curiosity isn't it as well i think we we have to sort of stop doing i think the they're lem- thing i mean lemon in in all ways but i think Men, women, different genders, we have to somehow pull ourselves together and go, these are the things that bind us because there is an effect, whether it's just being in a workplace and a colleague's going through it and they're having a rough day or they can't come in. You know, that has an effect on the guys that work in the office too. You know, there is an effect. It isn't something you can just park away and put in a cupboard and go, oh, you know, so and so, oh, they're, they're having a bad day today that that's not fair that's what we did before but we don't do it now and and the past got us really nowhere i think it got us into a bit of a kind of a, a mess with these things it just wasn't talked about and it has to be discussed because it it's it, you know, the waves the root, it reach far yeah
1: the root of that question actually comes from um, a meeting i had at my um employment uh well, i think it was like may last year late like the year before um i'm going to obviously go a long way around this but it, it was a it was a think tank around how we um, retain uh, females uh, so we don't have a problem with employing uh we we have a we have quite a in in uh inclusive uh, environment compared to some industries in australia and so we don't have a problem attracting uh females uh, into our workforce but we well, have a problem retaining them, mm. and so we're with trying to, you know, f- flesh out this why. And um, one of the one of the young younger people in the room told a story that she was rung up by uh, she was rung up by a a, a woman who was uh, driving um, concrete agitators. So she was in quite a male orientated sort of environment. And she was having it was that time of the month and she was having she it was tough. It was hard for her. And um the best the best her supervisor could do would go, ah, oh, look, she's on her rags, bloody hell. You know, you know you're not going home. Get you know, keep keep get to work, keep going to what you're doing. And obviously absolutely unacceptable behaviour, and it was horrible to hear, but we had to hear it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that, that's where the root of my question comes from, is that, that you know, I would like to be, this is not about me, but I'd like to be someone that is curious and can gather information and understand. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate your answers.
2: I think childless men have an awful lot more to kind of, to, a lot more awareness I think you do. I think because of, you know, whether that's by circumstance, whether you're partnered or not, I think just the conversations that I've had with, with childless men over the years, I've known you and before, um, there is more empathy there. I think that there is a feeling in my mind that actually, that, that together we have more power regardless. Mm. And, Mm more empathy because I think when I when I when I think about the conversations you and I've had and, and you will turn around and go actually no that's not right and we will talk about things and discuss them I think that that for me is a it makes me feel that if I was in any situation where I felt that there was a an issue over something as intimate, really, as 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 the menopause, because it is a very personal thing. It's, we might all go through it, but it affects people in different ways. But actually, if I knew that there was a man out there who would advocate and say, look, actually, hang on a minute, you can't say those words to somebody, even if I didn't want to say them, that someone would turn around and go, no, hang on. Mm-hmm. Advocacy matters, I think, as well. That curiosity leads to advocacy, which leads to a bigger voice, which means that actually it becomes a thing that everybody talks about. I mean that's kind of you know like oh, that, that wonderful kind of universe that I have in my my head will be all just you know childless becomes more, not less, and we talk about it more, but I think advocacy is a huge part of that along with that curiosity, so the question is really welcome because I think it can shape perhaps how people people move forward
0: well I think it's what Anastasia said, isn't it, Gen X. We mm-hmm. are talkers. We are the ones that are kind of the pioneers, mm-hmm. really, you know, that bless them, boomers, they didn't talk about this stuff because their parents didn't talk about their stuff, you know. That's just not how it went. Gen X are kind of like, well, no, we're going to talk about it. But it does, as um, Bernice says, it. guys have got to be involved in this. It can't just be the women that are talking about it. Guys have got to, bless them, they've got to be able to roll with the punches, haven't they? <laughs> you know, because you don't know we're going to rock up. We could be any given day. We can change rock shop and change our moods because we're going through it. So, you know, it's a learning curve for you guys as well. And I appreciated that question because I think you're right. I think childless men actually are probably more emotionally intelligent because of the shit that, you know, they've had to go through. Some men don't. Some men won't be. But I do think my experience has been even actually of child free. I've got a lot of friends who are child free. They are the guys are more emotionally intelligent. They're more attuned to this sort of stuff because I I think the gender roles, and I don't like it, but I think the gender roles play out when you're a parent. They're mm. more inclined to than if if you're not. So, no, thank you for mm. asking. It. it means a lot. I no, should... well,
1: thanks for tr- thanks for trusting me with those answers. So I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, I, I genuinely thought you were going to be very silent too Actually, <laughs> I did, I was worrying about, oh gosh, Michael's going to feel be excluded over. <laughs> actually there's an awful lot of questions to ask I, I know my husband read this book, and I put it in the show notes, um, it's not specifically about childlessness, it is menopause at, at large, so there is stuff in it, I think that could be um, you know, a bit pronatal, but it was, he just put it down and went oh my holy god <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. Thanks. But he just said, what he said was it was just like, God, what you you know, what women go through. Hmm. Um, I can remember um, you know, obviously this was there for all the infertility stuff, but there was a moment during the start of lockdowns when I was having a really tough day. And I think I'd probably sort of generally hidden it, or you I just got on with things you know I would go and I'd carry on with things But because it was lockdown because I could go and get you know the, the big hot water bottle out and, and neck down the painkillers and just sit here feeling like you know this is this is um, um period rather than menopause but it was just sat there visibly clearly not myself and he said you've been going through all of that since you were when and I said um I think 14 15 years old i think something that i forget when so wow he said that's really shit isn't it and i said yeah yeah it's it's really shit and then he went out and got me lots of chocolate (laughs) understood the power of chocolate (laughs) at that point but you know it I th- I think that made, I think life has changed generations have changed and I think that with childlessness and with infertility we're more inclined to talk about the rubbish and we're more inclined to share the really really grim stuff but actually I think perhaps maybe others don't generations other parts of society don't and that makes us a bit more powerful because we're prepared to talk about the nitty-gritty stuff you know. Sarah, you Mm. talked very openly today about um, your hysterectomy and how that impacted you, and that matters. That we we hear that too. So, thank you also for that. I think we this has been such a powerful, a powerful learning podcast. I've I've learned so much, if nothing else, that we're stronger together.
0: Yeah, and thank you, Anastasia. I mean, goodness me, throwing in that deep end with a topic like this. <laughs> I it know up? it's five <laughs> in the morning. Thank you. Must have been like white knackling it. Oh my god, <laughs> Are really going to talk about this. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, thank you for coming on. Thank I,
3: you. I want to add, um, just because Bernice, Bernice, sorry, um, mentioned a book. the The best book I've come across so far is a fairly new one called what fresh hell is this by Heather Corinna, Corinna. Um And I, I feel like she does occasionally even sort of reference, you know, if you're sharing this book with the men in your life, um, which is just one more way that it's wonderfully inclusive. Um, that That's why I, one of the reasons why I think of it as the best one I found that she, is so wonderfully careful to you know always say if about parenthood she's very inclusive of of non parents of just any any minority you can think of she's she's very inclusive in her language um wickedly funny a little salty in her language um and as far as I can tell, very current in her science. So that's, that's, and. Thank you. i got my library system to buy multiple copies of it. <laughs> that's, that's another stealth thing I do for the childless community. I get my library to buy the books. Brilliant. That is fantastic. Actually, that, that's, that's a
1: fantastic is. idea, isn't it?
2: I set it up in a workplace, actually. This is something to think about, is that there is the the gender balance network that I'm part of. Um, They have a library area and I've made sure that there are all the books that we know that have been recommended and quite a few from the the NOMO book club as well. They're going on the shelf. I will add that one to it as well because I think book recommendations are really good. People can read as they need to dip in, dip out and to know you've read it as well, makes it much safer, I think too, and um, becomes further endorsed for our listeners as well. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. I, th- I think this is invaluable. We we need these resources, don't we? I mean, yeah. you know, I the, the one I read was the natural, sorry, that's why I was turning around. Forgive me. I, you probably thought I was ignoring you. I wasn't, I was looking at my bookshelf, The Natural Menopause Plan, because I'm very practical and I can't can't take HRT because of my endo. And I was told not to because it could trigger it off again. So I I look at natural alternatives. Some of them work, some of them don't. But actually, that was where I started. So I take quite a few supplements and do a lot of exercise, trying to manage it that way because not all of us can take HRT. Right. Yeah.
3: Now that you say exercise, the other resource that is, so my, my three are the menstruality podcast. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: What fresh hell is this? And a podcast slash platform called hit play, not pause, which is intended for, um, women who are sort of endurance athletes, super sporty gals, which is not me, um, But they do try to welcome anyone who's looking to do some exercise and movement. And um, she also has very current science mixed in um, and has a real mindset of this is a very subjective experience. Here's all the information that might help you you and maybe your doctor need to figure out what's the best course for you. And, oh, by the way, eating well and exercising as much as you can can only help you. So she she is a, a wonderful source of information, too.
0: It definitely feels like this is the start of something, doesn't it? We need some sort of thing, <laughs> some sort of resource in this community, don't we, to help us out with this?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and that one I will say in terms of inclusivity. So the she is um, Celine Yeager, is her name, um, and I, I wouldn't say there's the same kind of overt inclusivity, but the women there are so focused on their sport, on the that whole realm that. I find there's very little mother talk. There's some, you know, it is a mainstream podcast, and she has a group on Facebook. Um, so there's there's mentions here and there, but it's so much focused on sort of the individual woman being the best athlete she can be that there's not a lot of space for parenthood chatter. Fabulous,
2: brilliant, fantastic.
3: We we'll to let you get back to
2: bed. <laughs> okay.
3: Oh, if you want to get <laughs> yeah. <of> day. <laughs> maybe a week for the day.
0: <laughs> the cat would be like, "What the heck was going on there? <laughs> Why are we so up up so early?"
3: Cool. <laughs> when I was getting up, though, the, the um, I lived by a lake, and the, it's it's hazy, not cloudy enough to cover the moon, but just hazy, and so it's the full moon setting over the lake through these hazy clouds and i wouldn't have seen it otherwise so thank you
2: thank you thank
3: you,
0: <laughs> thank you so much for coming on really appreciate it, it been lo- lovely been been lovely it.
2: to catch up with you again as well it really has been an absolute pleasure um to catch up with you after quite a long time i'm not talking to you busy with our lives as we are so thank you very much
1: thanks for listening And if you want to find out more about our podcast or have a burning topic we've not covered, please reach out to us as we'd like to be as inclusive and diverse as possible. Now, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and Macedon, and we have a channel on YouTube and, of course, at www.thefullstoppod.com. And here you can sign up for our listeners list where you can keep up to date with what's going on in our world. And if you'd like to support our podcast... You can find the link to donate there too. Now we would love it if you could rate the podcast on the platform you are using and this will help the algorithm get in front of more of our community. Now a special thanks to Anastasia McDonald, and as always, it's important for us to let you know you're not alone.